I am your father. This is a Brandon Colby Jacobs from Facebook exclusive. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Touche, my nigga. Touche. Yo, what it do, what it is, man. It's your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobs. You are listening to the Established 1984 podcast. Once again, I am your host, Brandon Kobe Jacobs. Uh, you can hit me up at any time on the email at brandonkobejacobs at gmail.com, on Instagram at Brandon Colby Jacobs or on Snapchat at BKJEST1984. Um, I'm readily accessible, man. I'm excited, uh, encouraged by everything that's going on with the podcast, man. Uh, we've had some rave reviews. I know that, that uh, my top 10 uh, mixtapes of all time uh, out of Duval County really spurred some conversation. And I'm excited about that conversation, man. Um, continue to discuss it, man. Send me uh, emails, send me posts, anything that you've got going on as it relates to anything that I'm putting out. Now, today on this sixth episode of the Established 1984 podcast, uh, I have somebody who I, I think is uh, probably equal, if not more so, of a divisive personality than, than maybe even I was in my heyday. I've got DJ Pretty Ricky. Now, the thing about DJ Pretty Ricky is he is probably the the one of the great promoters of my generation. Um, and not necessarily in the traditional sense of throwing club nights, which he'll talk about those things that he did from a club night standpoint, but just overall brand standpoint. He has been uh he has been a true marketer in the sense of promoting his brand and in doing so has done tremendous work for himself. Tremendous work for Young Trap and back and the Backdoor Music Group as a whole. So he's gonna get on here and he's gonna talk a little bit about those things. And I'm gonna keep it a buck. He probably he fires off on a couple of people, man. You gonna hear him say quite a few times, "These old niggas got to go," <laughs> and he's gonna explain why, man. So I'm excited to let you guys listen in on this conversation. So without any further ado, man, DJ Pretty Ricky. Yo, what it do, what it is, man. It's your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobs. You are listening to the Established 1984 podcast. And man, it's crazy how many how many of these episodes I have in the pipeline. I have stuff with Belize that I'm currently editing. That'll be coming out soon. Uh, I have all those four episodes that are currently out. I've done a lot of talking about uh, my 10 favorite mixtapes. And the funny thing about it is um, three of the mixtapes that were on that, uh, on that last podcast that I talked about are, are, are podcasts that come out of the camp of of the next person that I have on the show, man. This person I have literally been friends with, have admired, respected his hustle, respected his grind, seen everything that he's been doing. Golly, uh, we, we damn near came up together, literally out of the, out of the mud together. We, we traveled a lot of the same places. We did a lot of the same things together. And, and I'm just so proud of everything that he's doing, how he's evolved as a man, um, what he's doing with his with his company and how that's blossomed and grown. And, and we're going to get a chance to sit down and talk about a variety of things. We're going to go all the way back to the beginning and move our way forward. So uh, without further ado, man, I have the legendary, the prolific, the awe-inspiring, the only Pretty Ricky that matters. Pretty Ricky Stevens on the line. Pretty Ricky, how you doing, sir? I had to give you the pomp and circumstance greeting, man. I had to, I had to bring you all the way in. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't have to do it. Right. 
<laughs> so man, yeah, I mean, reality is you are the only pretty Ricky that matters in this day and age. <laughs> right. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody out here doing it like you, man. So I, I definitely am excited to get a chance to, to catch up with you, man. It's, it's been a while. We haven't had a chance to really chat. Like we were talking offline, right. we, we, we've, we've kind of seen each other in passing over the last few years, but, you know, we just never got a chance to sit down and talk. So I'm really looking forward to this, man. So. Right. Yeah. Well, why don't we start from the beginning, man? Um, you are Duval native, so uh, can you talk about a little bit of your background, what side you're from, and, and what it was like growing up in Duval? Uh, DJ Pritter, Kitty Great. I'm actually from the South Side. My mom born and raised from the South Side with the Wilson. My daddy born and raised from here, but he's from the North Side, um, raised on the East Side, whatever. He went to Reebok. Uh, I went to Sandalwood High School, you know what I'm saying? I'm from East Boulevard Beach, St. John's Bluff area. Um, came up. Mama got a couple of dollars, you know what I'm saying? So I ain't necessarily had to struggle or nothing like that. Um, played baseball, as a matter of fact. A lot of people don't know that. Played oh, really? Baseball. I didn't know that. Yeah, I played baseball. Yeah, I stepped in high school and um, a little bit of basketball in high school. But besides that, yeah, man, that's pretty much, that's pretty much like the basics okay. or whatever. All right. Now... I knew that you graduated from Sandalwood High. The funny thing is, because on my second episode, I had Grand Prix on, and Grand Prix talked about you guys uh, establishing a friendship, and, and, and you know, he had his little jokes and things like that. Um, can you talk about uh, what it was like going to Sandalwood at that period of time? I think that you know, you're you're a few years after Swords leaves, Grand Prix's there, right. so there's a lot of really creative minds that came through Sandalwood. But can you talk about your time there? Uh, your relationship with Grand Prix and how that developed and, and, and what that was like back in that day? I was a lame. I was a lame, man. I was a lame. I was, I didn't go to the middle schools with the people that went to Sandalwood. So Grand Prix kind of took me up under his wing, like kind of, you know what I'm saying, as far as the step group right. and things like that. So they kind of taught me how to step, how to dance, really talk about brotherhood, to be honest with you. That's kind of part of the reason why me and Grand Prix still friends today. Um, so it kind of helped my popularity build up. I actually learned how to dance. Like, you know, it was just a lot of things that the step group in high school did for me that actually helped me to this day. You know what I'm saying? So that's really the whole Sandalwood thing. And Sandalwood don't give enough credit, like, as far as the talent. We always had rappers and different just people that wanted to be music producers, even at school, like, you know what I'm saying? When they was doing the freestyle battles, when they was doing the compliment, high school compliment battles and stuff back then, like, Sandalwood always just had a lot of talent. So, I don't know, man. Just Grand Prix. Just one of the talented people that talented helped me out. You know what I'm saying? For the full, well, my freshman year, he was graduating. But okay. when, he, when he left, when he was at UNF, he was still, like, oh, we're going to UNF parties. We weren't even going. We weren't even going to team parties when we were in high school. We were all in UNF parties. Why do you think we were at the boathouse with you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> now, Bow House is legendary. I, I'm I'm proud to say that um that I shut that motherfucker down. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm literally the, a lot of people don't know that I'm literally the last party that was ever that ever took place in the Bow House. That was that capital party that I did in Cali. What was that? Oh eight, oh nine, something like that. Um, Noob Seduction yeah. is what it was. But yeah, we, we shut that motherfucker down. But 
Now, I, 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 this, you got to correct me, man, because I, I thought that you attended FAMU, but I looked on your page, I saw Tallahassee Community College, I, I, and you know, that kind of goes without saying, all of us, you know, we, 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 some of us have a cup of coffee uh, <laughs> in Tallahassee, at Florida A&M, Florida right, right. State, places like that, so can you talk about kind of where, where you were attending, and, and can you talk about that, what that time in, in that environment at FAMU, and just really that Tallahassee, uh, environment was like and how that helped foster you and helped you develop uh, Boys of Poison and all that kind of stuff. Can you just talk about that for a little bit? Well, I'm going to kind of, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I said I actually was already supposed to be going to Bethune-Cookman, even when I had graduated high school. I was already accepted everything. I had never been to Tallahassee. Um, I knew a few people that went there or whatever, but I had never been. So my one trip to Tallahassee right after I graduated with a friend who was going there for summer school, it kind of just changed my whole mind, my whole outlook on it. So mm-hmm. I had went to TCC. Okay. Um, the confusion, the confusion kind of came in when I actually started dancing for a family organization. And after one year in the organization, I became vice president for two years, and then I was president for two years. So. Technically, you wasn't supposed to be president of a family organization if you didn't go to FAM. Right, that goes without saying. But yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, the whole everybody just felt like I actually went to FAM. Like people in Tallahassee, I never claimed FAM. Mm-hmm. Like, because in, in Tallahassee, TCC is actually like a good, like a good, 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 good school. It's like not a, it's not a downgrade. As a matter of fact, TCC is actually way cleaner than FAM. I'm sorry, FAM. But <laughs> Outside of knowing that you were a part of it, so can you kind of school the listeners on Boys of Poison? You know, some people think that you're the founder of Boys of Poison. Can you kind of provide oh, some, no. some clarity to, to all of that and, and right. what it is and, and your contribution to to the organization? Now, yeah, Boys of Poison was founded in 1992 um, uh, by a dude named Kwame King, um, actually in Polk County. He started off at the Hardy Boys and then actually moved up to Tallahassee. It's Miami-based style dance. My, contrib- my contribution to Boys of Poison and the reason why I'm so much into it is because they didn't have no money. They never was getting money from school, no stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I became vice president and my knowledge of being a promoter from Jacksonville and the actual money that I had, I just started paying for stuff that they never had. Paying for shows, paying for things that we've never done as an organization and the school just started recognizing that. And they gave us the same credit that they was giving our rival dance group, Strikers, mm-hmm. or whatever. So... That was that was that. I'm not a founder, but I'm, I'm, I was the fourth president 
of twelve, and um, I just I probably contribute more money more money to the organization than anybody. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I get respect like a founder. People respect me like a founder, but I'm not a founder. I'm okay. not a founder. So. Now I know that. You know, you're there's a you're, you're very much so like me, where you kind of have roots in the industry from people that you knew coming up, especially out of Sandalwood, it being such an influential school in the music industry in Jacksonville. But I think you you like me, you kind of establish yourself in Tallahassee. You get your footing in this in this music industry thing in Tallahassee. Can you talk a little right. bit about uh, how you get involved in the music industry? who you were working with up there, just kind of speak to, to some of those folks. You know, we, we love to give credit to, to those who kind of uh, help put us on in those infancy stages. Can you talk a little bit about getting there, you know, while you were in Tallahassee? Um, I had a dude named Will. Will the Thrill, he's actually a twin. He had a, uh, he got the right to do a family homecoming. I want to say it was 2009. He let me be the only DJ. I'm mm-hmm. the only DJ for it. And, um, that actually jumped me off into the actual music game. But as I was on my homework, I had TJ DJs at his record pools. Mm-hmm. DJ Dan used to kind of do his thing. Um, the the schoolboys, when I was speed raising Juicy Baby, um, actually Mike Ben is yeah. somebody down there that when I first got to Tallahassee, somebody that was very, very big. Yeah. Um, and just watching these type of people with so many massive people, you know what I'm saying? So many different people, so so many different places. Just watching people just promote and just it just sit back and steady. Like you know, the less you talk, and the more you just just listen and tell it has to. You always become a monster because it moves so much faster. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's just redemption. Your T.J. Chapman, man. Like you can't get no better than that. Like why not coming up and looking at that? It's, it's, it's sweet. I seen the T Pain thing happen when he was with the nappy heads and he went solo and then I'm strong. I was down there for all that, you know what I'm saying? So for me to see that T-Pain thing happen, it was like, whoa, okay, this can happen. Because Tallahassee is country. Right. So <laughs> this happened for Tallahassee. I love it can happen for Jacksonville. Right. So taking that and then um, just knowing that, you know, even in Tallahassee, Jacksonville is still the dominant city. Mm-hmm. Like, you would almost think Tallahassee is Jacksonville. So it's like, Okay, my city here. Uh, okay, I need to learn this music. I can, I can really like bounce off of my city being everywhere in Florida. So that's kind of how that Tallahassee yeah. thing opened up my eyes, man, with the colleges. Because yeah. you ain't the only school that's loaded with Jacksonville people. Oh yeah, and yeah. that's that's how you, and that's how I, that's how I stay relevant in the music game in Florida. Right. I mean, that's 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 the reason why. You know, anywhere you go, and you've been traveling a lot lately. You know, you start off that do, and all of a sudden you hear you hear it everywhere. It's like that here in Atlanta. You hear it in Houston. You hear it everywhere. Do I mean, it's just it's kind of one of those things. But to your point, you you, you brought up somebody who I, I just got to mention too. Mike Mike Ben definitely is, and I don't think he gets enough credit for being as influential as he was. Because I mean, Ricky, he put the first the first two hundred dollars I ever got in the music industry. Mike Ben put it in my pocket in two thousand and four after the, uh, the homecoming concert with uh, with Ti and uh, Fat Joe when they did the when Lean Back was going crazy, ringing off everywhere. Right. Yeah, he's the one who put the first two hundred dollars I ever made in the music industry and was put in my pocket. Was put in my pocket by Mike Ben. Oh, that's big. Yeah. So that's big. he he he, do, he don't get enough respect. Yeah. He don't. I think he's driving taxis and shit right now, but 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I know what he's doing. I know he's been up here in Atlanta, but but uh, and he was doing some plays and a bunch of other stuff. But but shout out to Mike Ben, who who you know a lot of times uh, as we grow and we develop, we don't always give credit and, and show respect to those who who kind of gave it gave the game to us. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to him. Now I, I know you had a relationship with Roger, my business partner from New Blood Entertainment, but um, but I first met you here in Jacksonville through uh, Vernon K and through Dime. Um, how did how did the two of you link up, and, and what was that experience like working with with Vernon? Uh, Vernon. Tell the truth, save the devil. Vernon's <laughs> <laughs> one of the few people that actually seen something in me that I hadn't seen. I didn't know, like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just somebody wanted to go, just wanted to go. Right. Um, uh, Vernon just knew a lot that I didn't know about. I just, I never cared about, like, I never cared about the industry of Jacksonville. I never cared about, or like the, how it's supposed to go, the who's who's, and none of that. I was just somehow you do out there just trying to get it, man. And Brennan, when I tell you, Brennan really like set a platform for me for the whole city with Ivory. Ivory didn't even have no faith in me. He didn't know who I was, and then it was Brennan. Mm-hmm. Like, like, well, Brennan, like, like you said about Mike, Brennan doesn't get enough respect, like that he that he deserves. You know what I'm saying? Like, actually. Grand Prix probably the only other person that I would give a little bit more respect than Vernon. You know what I'm saying? So, like, Vernon is it's somebody that I feel like if it weren't from him, it wouldn't be me. And if it weren't him, shit, it weren't for me, it wouldn't be a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know, man. I just love Vernon to do for that, dog. Everything he ever did for me, all the doors open, just having faith in me and being my spokesperson into, like, the promotional and the industry of that sort because nobody knew me. Right. Like, nobody knew me from Jacksonville. They knew me, they knew me because I stepped. And then when I left, I got in trouble in 05. But besides that, nobody knew me as a promoter. People just knew me from the news. Right. Do you want to talk a little bit about that about that incident? Because Absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. Tell, tell what happened. Uh, basically, 2005, I uh, had some friends who were doing, like, working in different banks and ATMs different stuff like that. I mean, basically, I mean, it's over. I did my time. I mean, everybody kind of did their thing. Um, actually been on probation now for four years. So I, I feel a little bit more freely about talking about it. Won't include any names or anything like that. But basically, just cutting alarm systems and climbing through rooftops and breaking in boats. Like, it's easier to break in a bank than people th- actually think. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. these ATM machines and and these backup alarm systems and all everything, the internet had the route for everything. You know what I'm saying? So that that kind of happened, man. I actually had a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people actually think that I started or I built up my promotional company from it, and that's not actually the case. Because once I got arrested and I had to take lawyer and had to bond out twice and be on probation for five years, like I actually had kind of ran out of money. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, all the money I got now is actually money that I work hard for or whatever. But, yeah, man, that's, that's pretty much that right there. And the you funny know, thing man. is, a lot of people don't, if you ain't never been to jail, you can't understand what it, what it costs you to have to pay for a legitimate attorney. I ain't talking about them little them little free fly-by-night attorneys and shit like that. Oh, like, yeah. if you got to go get Reginald Estelle Jr. or motherfuckers like that, 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You gon' you gon' break break the bank. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you gonna pay five thousand. You gonna pay five thousand just for them to look at it. Right, exactly. And, <laughs> and, and, a, and a lot of parents don't don't understand that they there's this misconception that like oh you know attorneys are free or you could just go get a free attorney and you you get to hold on to all the money. But I mean like anybody who ever done had to sit down at the county at, on any level will understand. Nah, that's some real shit. So right. Right now, you started off from my from my experience, and maybe you could talk a little bit about your relationship with with Roger and New Blood Entertainment on that end because that was the relationship that you had first before I met you, and then Roger connected me to you, and by, by that point I met you through Vernon. So you can talk a little bit about that, and then also talk about starting off kind of as a team promoter because I think that that's what a lot of people identified you for, and I, what I want to know about that right. team party part is. Uh, what do you think the benefit of working in the industry from that angle gave you above other people? Um, well, Roger, I believe I'm having Tallahassee. And it was, one of the, it was one of the situations where you see somebody in two places where you don't expect to see them at. And ever since then, it's really quick, man. I've never met anybody like that didn't know somebody. Like, he didn't know me. Like, he just... I don't know, we kind of gravitated to each other, man, and it was all love, any connection, any any relationship uh, he could tie, tie me in with, man, it was it was just all love, like, it was just, at that point in time, he was just so much more advanced, and I was just, I, went, I can't even say I was learning, it was just like, first day of school, first day of kindergarten, like, I don't know nothing, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was like, he was just so much more advanced. I didn't have faith in myself like he had faith in me or Vernon or like yourself or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So I can't necessarily, I want I adamant and ready to put like put my foot on the gas on some of the plans because some of the plans I didn't really understand. Right. But yeah, definitely Rocky Man with the music dimes, just seeing that it can happen. Mm-hmm. Like nobody from, like, I, I mean, I hope just nobody went away because I don't know nobody like that. You know what I'm saying? As far as back then, but. Roger was doing it. He was doing it. You know what I'm saying? At a level that made me feel like, oh, it can happen. Mm-hmm. It can happen. You know what I'm saying? So I never told him that. I never really told nobody really. But he was kind of one of those people just, oh, he, it can happen. He opened my eyes and kind of let me know, oh, yeah, this can happen. Yeah, me and you, know you both. <laughs> um, <laughs> with, the, uh, with the team parties, it was easy, man. It was just easy, man. It's like stealing candy from a baby. It's like, if they don't got school on Monday, they don't got school on Friday, just, you hit the school, pass out the flags, you know, all the football stars, all the basketball stars, all the track stars, all the cheerleaders, you know, spread the word. And you know, back then, we had the MySpace brand blasters, so we mm-hmm. blasting flyers all across MySpace. Hell yeah. It was just so easy, man. It was just, oh my God, it was so easy. And then the way, just to network with them people, like, I'm going, football dudes going to this school, get scholarships here, scholarships there, and I'm like, they're just leaving, but they still your fans. Right. And team parties is when I was creating, when I actually created my my real true fans. Yeah, the fan base that you have now with those people. Right. Which, which the team parties was the reason why, you know, I have my rents and my raise, and I go off on different major key people in the city or microphones and shit like that. And the reason why I'm still here, I feel like I'm still here is because of those team parties. Like, I grew real fans of me, not fans of how I DJ, not fans of how I throw parties, but just fans of me, you know what I'm saying? So that's where, that's where me doing team parties for so long, I just couldn't, 
I couldn't let it go. Like, I was doing team fights all the time. I was 24. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? A lot of people didn't know. A lot of people didn't know I was 24. But I was doing team fights all the time. I was 24, man. It's just like, it took me a lot to let it go. Just because those people, half of them leave and go to school. And then when you go to this city, they see you DJing out of town. They see you a star. Like, like I, you represent them. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. feel like I represent Jacksonville just like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm not, not at, the, at, at that level, but when somebody sees the, the Jacksonville Jaguars out of town, oh, that's the Jaguars, that's where I'm from. Like, when they see me DJing in another city in Florida, oh, that's DJ Prittorist. Like, I'm, I feel like the team part has helped me become my own small little legend in my own small little world, regardless if people want to accept it or not. Right, right. So that's kind of, yeah. and then it was a lane that the rankings just really didn't have. Mm-hmm. on a lot at the time that I was coming up so I thought let me bust this down and shit that way I can you know bless my muscles to the industry and show the industry hey yeah I'm doing something right but the other the <laughs> biggest <laughs> challenge with it too that they, that I think uh, prevented a lot of people from even touching that, that demographic is just kind of the, the criminality that can come with it a lot of times. And, and you and I both experienced, hell, we've been in some of the same clubs where them kids lost right. their damn mind and fired off. And you got to flip yeah. the damn DJ table over <laughs> and be like, party over, head for the hills. Like, you know, shit like that. Like, um, what was, damn, what was that little spot that was over off of, um, across from the bowling alley where we used to hit all of the damn, the damn team parties at? Vernon was over there. I can't think of what it's called. Uh, Icon. Cafe Bolero. Yep, yeah, Cafe Bolero. Cafe Bolero's first. Yep, yep, yep. So. Yep, yep, man, that was a nice spot. That's actually, uh, actually one of my first spots. I was in Dime. Like, I wasn't even in Point Blank. A lot of people thought I started in Point Blank. Like, no, uh, actually, I mean, it wasn't an application filled out. It was more of a situation where me and Brandon actually got into it. And I just still was promotional. I still wanted to do promoting. And, uh, you know, something happened with Sean Don, and then shit, I just started filling in the blanks with Point Blank, to yeah. be honest with you. So, yeah, yeah that, that was pretty much that. Now, uh, you you always been viewed much like me as as the sort that is singularly focused on establishing your own brand and making it clear to others the kind of work that you put in. And in doing so, I know we we've experienced some instances where we where we both rub people the wrong way. Can you talk about any situations that you've gone through uh, where there were conflicts with other people like Vernon or Ivory um, in your younger years and and, and how that, that stuff kind of worked its way through? Biggest thing that worked its way through is when me and Ivory, nobody knows about this story unless she was like a Roger, a Sean, or whatever. Me and Ivory actually got into it physically. Mm. Um, it wasn't a, a, it wasn't like a nor is any punch, it sounds like more like a tussle type of thing. Um, and it was actually at his house, and he actually uttered some words that actually touched me. But what he said was true. He uttered the words, point blank, it's my shit. I run my shit how I want to run my shit. If you want to run some shit, start your own shit. I started back no music. Like, and I didn't do it out of spite. I didn't do it because he didn't want to let me run. It was just like he was right. He was right. Wow, I, I, I would never, I would never, I never thought of him to be the be the physical sort, especially like because you know, long before you you were getting into it with him, I've been bumping heads with that man for years. 
Loving to right. death now. Right. Be on the other side of 30 and, and us, you know, me not being in the industry in the same way anymore. Love him to death now. And, and I compliment well, him all the time. Say this, it was like, I, I kind of pushed it over the edge, man. I mean, I was not that type of guy. But I, I know you probably made mad if you hear about this. It's, it's cool, I It's cool. But I pushed over the edge. We said something. He said, I'm just sitting in my house. Oh, you got to get out. And I said something like, well, put me out. <laughs> you, can't talk, you, can't, you can't talk to people like that in their house, dog. Like, you know? <laughs> like, so it was like a situation where, like, you know, I was getting out of the element. That shit was just like,
was probably like right after that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, outside of myself. You know what I'm saying? So right. it just was like, I felt like these old niggas got to go. <laughs> these old niggas got to go. Yeah, I, these I, old niggas got to go. Like, and I, and that was my motivation. I said, these old niggas got to go. And, you know, my mom the police. So anytime I went to talking shit and all that, if it ever went with a want to go to violence and all that, nah, if a nigga threatened my life, I wasn't for the call the police, you know what I'm saying? Just because my mom was the police. But I wasn't worried about the shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. I ain't worried about the shit. We just want to come to our house. We just want to come to our house. You ain't come to Asian house, huh? <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> shit, that's a whole other problem. Yeah. But no, nah, I feel like these old niggas got to go, bro. Yeah, old you, niggas got to go. And to as you point. see now, as you see now with the old niggas, they ain't gone. But they slid to the side or moved out the way or moved out the city. And look at the city now. Right. It's better. Mm-hmm. It's better. Granted, granted, it don't look like it's a, a real solid blueprint on how, but we, there's a few people like Swords. Come on, bro. This man's supposed to be like, Swords one of my favorite rappers I already know tonight. You know what I'm saying? I don't play his music like that because I'm just more of a yesterday he um he talked about oh, oh, expanding oh, wow. his expanding his views so yeah Keep going, like, you old niggas still got to go. <laughs> like, I'm not letting you old niggas do it. Like, 
I'm not letting these other niggas do it. And then, you know, come to find out, dog, I said, I hope everybody get to hear it, dog. You know, some of them same people are the same old people that are the reason why our city is not on. Like, once I have, once I was able to sit and talk to, like, real executives in the music industry, like, these not black people, because black people don't run music, it's white mm-hmm. people. Right. Like, they, they call it, they're calling out two or three names from the city, man, and these people are not looking out for the city. And, you know, it's so crazy that two of these three people actually have their own artists. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's actually like a, I, I can't say it's a hate from all three of these pe- major people, but there's three people that they're, they're going to call. And if they're not giving that the green light, guess what? You're not even going, it's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? So for me to be talking to these executives and saying, we always try to check on this, that, and they name dropping these three good people, they, they're not sending up a good word about our city, dog. Right. And, they're, and all three of these people are old as fuck. Like, oh my God, get them out the way. Get <laughs> I, I will say this. Yeah, I, I, I I experienced a lot of the a lot of the same issues. I mean, I guess the older I've gotten, I've kind of. I guess some people will say, uh, you know, I got soft or whatever the case might be. It's just it's certain things that I just I don't have the desire to argue over. You know, life kind of changed me. I mean, I, but I was always very much so like you. Um, you know, early on in life, you know, I, I mean, God, I mean, how many times did me and Ivory go at it about one thing or another, whether it was public, private, whether he, whether he spoke out about the issue or he said it to y'all in a meeting and me and Chose, like, like, like I, I, I have all the respect in the world for Chose now, but at that moment, Chose had to get that word. Like it just, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't. And for me, it really wasn't as personal as I think it became for him because, and truth be told, y'all created that situation because y'all played the video at the meeting and all that kind of shit. Like, y'all antagonized the whole thing. It was just like... That shit was, that shit was funny as hell. What are you talking about? <laughs> now, I was the only person in that whole meeting that went mad, man. <laughs> I was the only person, but They were like, me like, one or two other people. Like, that shit was funny, bro. <laughs> now, that was like one of those moments in Jacksonville that people should never forget about. Oh yeah, like you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> it should never be forgot about. Like sitting around the house drinking and just oh yeah, all that time running, making the videos. I am your father. What the fuck, bro? You just died. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing, the funny thing is, is that it. it it is so influential that I now use the "I am your father" at the beginning of just damn near everything that I do. It, it, it's literally just kind of a part of everything. And a lot of people go, "What the hell is that about?" Like, if you listen to the beginning of any of the podcasts, you hear this "I am your father," and you just be like, "Oh, they need like Star Wars," and I do, but they don't realize that 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 comes from something. That like, I go ahead and tell right. the story. So, um, the um, what was it? They did like a they did like a video where they were like a video or a flyer or something. It was Ivory, it was Chose, and like two other people. I don't remember who the other two people were. But like they they presented themselves like like the Star Wars characters or whatever, and they used the little music and the dun 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 dun. I don't even remember what we started fighting about. But Cho said something about me that I didn't like. I got drunk, just totally shit faced, and I just I happened to have like this new video program, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna put this to good use, and I just. You know, melanoma, and I am your father, and <laughs> and a couple of voices later, and before you know it, uh, you know, I made it's that like me. it's like if 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 you would have had Instagram 
for you and it works for for you guys as uh well, you guys I, as... Well, I can say this I didn't mean to cut you off man I can say this though. I can pick up the phone and call Tony and Casper at any time right at any time I want to they will answer so any time of the night I call Tony right now they answer I call Casper even though Casper not really doing music right now um, but he's still active you know what I'm saying still shooting some like you know and right. then TJ Chapman I mean he's part of the team he's part of the team he does trap management now so I have to give TJ credit for for some of his contributions. He and I are not the best of friends. It is not. Oh, yeah. It, it, it is public knowledge. Um, I the first interview that I did was uh was with Keith Kennedy, and and we kind of we kind of talked about that. Unfortunately, well, I don't want to say unfortunately because I don't feel no type of way about it. I side with Keith, and because of the the depth of my relationship with Keith and some of the shit that TJ did to me in my younger days, he's just not my type of nigga. You know, I I recognize the contacts. Everybody who's been on the podcast thus far, especially kind of being, you know, from the Tallahassee kind of tree, everybody has spoken uh-huh. highly of, of of TJ and their and his contribution to their lives in some capacity or another. They also say an asshole. But you know what I'm saying. I'm just I I guess maybe it's because of the role that I play in the industry now. Just kind of doing this. I don't have to be nice about not liking him. I don't have to you know politic about it. He just not my nigga, and he never will be. Like you know what I'm saying. So right, all right. It's, it's just it's just one of them things. But but back to the back to the interview. I I wanted to talk about how you align yourself with Point Blank Entertainment and what was your initial role because I, I was never quite certain on what your role was. Um, I initially came in and it was, uh, 
I'll tell y'all how I really felt, man. I mean, call it, I'll call it spade a spade. I was on team nights, and uh, I ran J. Flo was on team nights. I had Cafe Boleros, and they had the Roxy. When nobody had the Roxy, I'm talking about nobody. Mm-hmm. Nobody. I'm talking about setting their shit down. They was on team parties. They was doing team parties like the last two songs before that. I had never even knew about them because, you know, I actually came up through Levi Jordan. Yep. Um, shout out to Levi, cartoons. Uh, shout out to Levi, shout out to Levi, yeah, cartoons. Shout out. Uh, so yeah, actually, that was that. It was I was competition, and then I was like, man, we should do it together. Um, he switched his night, so he ended up switching his night to uh, Sundays, and then um, we had the Sunday phone parties at the Roxy the last summer that the Roxy was open. Right. That's when I actually first started um, working with Ivory. Um, and even then, I actually had told him that I didn't want to be in Portland. Right. Like, I didn't want to be a part of straight with the damn thing. Like, I, I was at Point Blank Men's. I was at, for like the first two years, like, I never was really officially. Any particular reason why? Apart. Um, are you familiar with something called a black hand? No, I'm not. Go ahead. Why don't you go ahead and explain it to me? Ivory. I really had something called the Black Hand that had you know, some I mean, the tie sticks and uh, Shondine. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, I do remember that. It was just, it was just, it was just like dollars of music. And all that was just like one big coalition of powerful people or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's when Vernon had actually, you know, and he had already had actually discovered me and felt like, you know, on a younger level, like, hey, y'all should kind of bow and put, you know, Mess with and put them on, whatever. And everybody kind of downplayed it like I was just like, <laughs> like a nobody or something, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it kind of was like, oh, okay. So when I, I always do that, so I always tell myself, no, I already want to never, I, want, I didn't want to be a part of it like that, you know what I'm saying? I just, I just wanted to make my own moves. I was just going to be me, you know what I'm saying? I don't mind helping, I'm a team player. I'm still yet, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty Ricky, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm pretty Ricky. At this point, I wasn't even a DJ. Mm-hmm. I was just a promoter. Yeah, I remember. So I was just like, nah, I'm just pretty ricky. So that's why I never really wanted to do it, man. I had and I had I had time, man. I wanted to see Chris Slade and and whatever burning dreams and hopes of or whatever you know he had going. I just wanted to see it be big because, like I said, at that point in time, I wasn't a DJ and I didn't know about music. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that was that was the reason why I didn't want to jump in right around point like this and point like that. I mean, yeah, I think my outlook on it was. I mean, Levi doing all the big shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm with Levi. I don't know if I just can't believe I'm looking at cartoons and all that. And then when it came to team parties, I was doing the biggest team parties. Right. So it was just like... Why would you tie, Why mean, would you align yourself to another I, brand and get swallowed right. up in and it? Right, and then you know, when I found out it was college, it was like, you and know, nothing. It was like, I mean, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? But you and know, nothing was like, almost if you was either you and nothing, or FSCJ, or that, or you, or you was out. Like you couldn't, you couldn't get in that circle. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that, that was mine, yeah, Ricky. I, it belonged to me. It was mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep it a buck. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I'm always real polite on this podcast, but goddamn it, that shit was mine. <laughs> I think, dog. I think so. With me not being, I, I ain't gonna really think about it though. I took the party and I took the but you know, I can't get into that world like that. Like, he, they weren't letting them. Right. You wouldn't let nobody in. <laughs> <laughs> you let nobody in. So, yeah, man, that was my biggest thing, man. At the 
beginning, man. Just, you know, I want people to respect me and respect my, my worth and my value. And every time I felt like somebody might not have respected my work or my value, I up my game, you know what I'm saying? Kind of how you when I started defense. Yeah. Like, I, if I was even, oh, oh y'all, I think I, okay, I'll show y'all. And then I'll learn how to DJ. Right. I, I, it was, it's funny so. because I think me and you, we follow similar paths because that's something that I always dealt with. I mean, I I, I can say it now at, at the age that I'm at now that, you know, I, I come out of the point blank camp. You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 basically raised up. I mean, Vernon dated my sister. I mean, Vernon is the reason why my right. sister got baptized, which is the reason why I get baptized. You know, Vernon don't like to talk about all that, but. You know, but that's that's reality. Like, you know what I'm saying? Vernon, Vernon's mixtape was the first one that I was pushing. I'm talking about this, like, 99, 2000. My sister was on his first album. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know what I'm saying? There's there's all this kind of stuff going on. So, me and Vernon have, have strong ties. I, I appreciate him for, for everything that he provided in my life. And when I came back um, from Tallahassee, I mean, the, I mean, Ivory's the one who kind of put me in the game. He let New Blood Entertainment in his clubs every weekend for free. And we told them motherfuckers apart every weekend in red and black shirts. And motherfuckers are like, who are these people? We would not have right. had the brand that we had had it not been for Ivory. That being said, right. we were our own brand. And I think that, right. um, that 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 was one thing about Ivory. I, and Ivory is so helpful and so committed to everybody. But at the same time, he's, he's a leader. He has that alpha male personality. So he feels like right. the way to get the way to get across the water for everybody to succeed and no one to drown is, you know, to follow him. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. nah, you don't need your own boat. Just get in my boat. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, sometimes that just doesn't work for other alpha males. And I think that that's something that, that you and I both have kind of shared where right. we kind of wanted to, wanted to make it our own way. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think sometimes, not really for you, but for like even other people in the company that has tried those different things themselves, <clears throat> it's because they do it. They try to prove something to Ivory, and that's where a lot of people fuck up. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do anything trying to prove nothing to Ivory because you don't really care enough. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, for me, like, not an outsider. Are you trying to not like like now nah, like people be trying to you know, you'll probably see all these little side companies and all the extra shit. Like, I really don't be, I really don't be caring about all that. Dog. Like, you just. Focus on the prize and keep it striving, man. That's, that's actually the reason why I still work with Ivory to this day and still actually work this brand, really, honestly and truly. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you move from the role that you were in of being a promoter with Point Blank Entertainment to becoming a DJ? Because, I mean, you begin to kind of come up out of the ground, uh, you know, in the middle of, uh, you know, you got 151 who kind of leaves for, for his own reasons that I'm sure he'll be on the podcast and talk about that relationship with Ivory and how things kind of go left and all that kind of stuff. Delvin is in my camp and is, you know, some of some of him being in my camp and running with New Blood and doing the DJ Melages and all that kind of stuff, you know, kind of left him left him out wanting uh, from point blank. So how where do you fit in and all of that and how do you kind of get your... Get your time to shine and, and get behind those tables to kind of make a name for yourself as a DJ. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> when I was doing team parties here in Jacksonville, like I said, I was doing a major like once a month, but it was so massive. It was like, you know, they were just big team parties. Um, right. But at the same time, I'm a dancer. You know what I'm saying? I'm a dancer. 
from in Tallahassee. I'm still, I actually live in Tallahassee. I'm just back and forth because I got a baby mama, whatever. But I actually stay in Tallahassee, so I'm a dancer. So I, I'm in dance practice every damn day, listening to music, dance music. Like Tallahassee, just different stats to music. I come to jazz when it's so slow. And, and I, I, it's just like the yin yang twins. The yin yang twins. Like, what, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not real dance music. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, honestly and truly, I never was a bit 
So that's what, that's, I, from that, I was like, all right, I was like, can I just DJ my own shit? Right. Like, DJ my own shit. And that was the best thing I ever did in my whole life. I swear, I'm so happy I did that. Oh, my God, I'm sorry, I don't know how to DJ. But yeah, that, that, 151, and then the timing of that, probably like a little bit after that, he had, I don't know, I don't know exactly what happened. Y'all talk about, let him talk about that with the Irish situation. And, um, Point Blank was in a situation where we was in a meeting and you were looking at me who just brought some DJ equipment. Bird. Bird, who don't have, like, our DJ equipment. The money had already done, had this in a situation with Ivory. Yeah, um, he was he was on my side. We were we were on right, our side. Right, on your side, right. And then um, and then you had Fat Pat. Yeah. Who just was like, you know, a rookie in the game, so... That's kind of what we had, dog. So we ain't had no choice, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we had no choice, dog. So, and that, that's when I actually started DJing. And go from there, dog, when you get that diesel equipment, dog, I had to go hard, man. I just went hard with no with no type of guidance, no nothing, just going hard. How good so, do you think you were? <laughs> huh? How good were you in the early days? Tell the truth. Um... I felt like I was a great team DJ. I felt like I was the best team DJ ever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just because nobody else was throwing team parties. As far as DJ, DJ was, I guess I, I, had to, I had to make the city adapt to what it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I was a great record breaker. I felt like I brought real dancing and jazz. I felt like I was the only DJ playing real dance music in front of masses of people. Like, I mean, there's certain DJs I was playing, they'll play little dance records, but you ain't DJing in front of nobody. I'm, so I'm playing, like, real DJ Chipman and Fatboy Rhyme or Icebergs. Like, I'm really, like, breaking this real Miami dance music up here in Jacksonville. So as a record breaker, and as what DJing is all about, I always felt like I was a good DJ. Craft-wise, I was trash. Thank you for saying that, because boy, I hated your transitions in the early days. <laughs> I was trash. I was trash. I was trash. I mean, I just didn't get it. I was trash. I talk so much. The talking thing is a Jacksonville thing. Like it's like you get it from Billy. You get it from Billy, basically. Like it, you, you think that's what it is. I mean, which it is what it is. But you know, less of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got to gain your popularity to be able to talk that much. Like. Billy can talk as long as he want to talk and shit. They, y'all, the people are there for him. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? At, at certain, like when I'm DJing like different college events, I ever get a chance to do some grown stuff. Like at that point in time, like I didn't build point blank. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I had to actually build up new people to get old, older for me to feel like, oh, okay, what? Well, yeah, these my people. Right. Like once we had got the like once the globe had changed its name to Aqua, like and. And probably like two, two, three years, like we was in Aqua. I knew all those people that was in there was from Teen Extreme, uh, uh, the Christopher Teen Parties, mm-hmm. all them little teen joints. Like I already knew that that those people got older, they just following the cycle. And that's when I figured, I said, "Oh man, it's a cycle." Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, that, that's yeah, I was trash. I'm trash. <laughs> saying it's all good. It's all you know, good. You've you come I, a long. You've come yeah, a long yeah. way. <laughs> I, I, I've come a long way. Even to today, like I, I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I'm the best um, DJ 
you know, I just feel like, I mean, I'm just popular, you know what I'm saying? Is that something you want and to work I mean, on, or are you more focused on just breaking records and kind of being like a DJ Khaled, if you will, just kind of a curator? Uh, it's like, it's like the young DJs, they, like, I'm good, like, like to them, I'm, I'm great, you know what I'm saying? But to, like, for me, compare me to, like, Q45, like, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like, hell no, like Capone's and... You know, like these boys be scratching like crazy, you know what I'm saying? So I, I would love to, you know, be that good of somebody who can scratch and stuff like that, but I'm actually like, I actually not scratching a little bit. You know, I'm way, 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 way better. I actually, I'm actually in a good space. Like I can show up somewhere and somebody's like, oh, yeah, you can DJ. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that, I think that's kind of, whatever I learn as I continue to DJ, I'm just taking it up and getting better as the days. Like I know them boys done with the classes and all types of like that man I don't, I don't think i would do that but mm-hmm. i mean whatever i pick up as i keep going man you know i just do it like that right so you you talked about uh moving towards backdoor music the things that led to the creation of backdoor music i i know that uh i know that uh, grand prix is the president of backdoor music are you the founder of backdoor music How, what, what's that how's that work um uh, basically um me and Trap, we own back the me Trap. Well, me Trap and Grand Prix. Technically, we own all three. We own back the music together. Okay. I I take the title as the CEO. Mm-hmm. Grand Prix takes the title as the president, and Trap just takes the title as the artist. But as far as like you know, on your paperwork, you know, what I'm saying it's pretty much we pretty much all three just own them. We just own it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, and just 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 looking at what's going on, just kind of mimicking what's kind of going on like in the music game and everybody got their little, you know, music groups and this, that, and the third. And I just felt like, hey, man, I know a bunch of young DJs, and, you know, North and Central Florida. And I just, I'm in the college lane and college lane, you're connected to so many different people from so many different places. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, if we just keep pushing at this and just control BCU and EWC, we'll, we'll have like, some say so in Florida because you're always touching you're going to always be touching somebody from everywhere in every part of Florida you know what I'm saying so that's why Bad Dope Music actually named rings a lot of bells in Florida like that like that um, <clears throat> yeah so that's that's pretty much that like we pretty much all own it together um, the, mm-hmm. the goal originally we had Lurk and Gibo and we always wanted to get a label deal you know what I'm saying like what Trap get out there you know Gibo is you know just as as good of like uh, a rapper like you know verse wise like he can write a verse you know what I'm saying like slide some shit um and he was just as good as Trap you know what I'm saying so we always felt like back then we felt like okay Trap made it on and give up you on that you know what I'm saying we do it now we just you know run around like the new cash money around this motherfucker you yeah. know what I'm saying whatever you know what I'm saying and um Without a shadow of a doubt, the connections I had in Florida, the young people I already, like, once I met Let's and, and just, like, my Fat Boy Rama connection and, like, my DJ Loose Kid connection and, like, DJ Nasty Nate, like, DJ Consistency. Like, I know all the young DJs that are going to be running this shit. They're still they're running this shit right now. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So it's like, I, I, I see what's established and we all, like, here together. Mm-hmm. We all sitting here looking at these big old ass niggas waiting on these big old ass niggas and who the fuck out of the way. <laughs> so now today we're all shining. Like we get to have these same conversations, oh, we were seven years ago, but whatever, whatever, you know what I'm saying? So 
that was, we were just preparing ourselves for what vision I actually seen without having the money and just keeping that brand and just pushing your brand. Not trying to prove that we're bigger than the next company that's next to us or we're bigger than this or we're bigger than that. I mean, at the end of the day, right. I was still DJ Pretty Ricky. Shit. We still had a trap. I mean, whatever we felt like that was enough, you know what I'm saying? Like, at, at this point in time, Point Blank couldn't even throw college parties because the name had got tarnished so much because it was so good, you know what I'm saying? So they couldn't even throw college parties. So right. I was working with Rhonda Don right after you kind of left it on. I was working with Rhonda Don. DJ and college parties were like your true story, your DJ swags, and like soaking up a lot of that that following. You know what I'm saying? Like right. as I'm as I'm actually just building up a situation to where college people it's gonna change every year. Every year I'm gonna get a whole different group of fans. Dog. You know what I'm saying? I'm 31 years old. Bitch, don't know that. Yeah. I don't lie. <laughs> because I don't look like it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But a bitch don't know that. You know, like so. That's the bad though music. That's the bad music. In places where everybody struggles, they get older and then they stop. Like you know, you gotta be able to do something that's that's that the people gonna rotate into something else. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's why I keep the college shit that he was on. Mm-hmm. Rotate into people that follow me when I travel, or rotate into like the grown up stuff with Ivory, which is you know still you know to me part of part of what it is. Um, yeah. So bad though music, me trap Grand Prix. Okay. And then the rest of the seventy motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> now, how has uh, how has uh, I guess kind of the label deal and all of that kind of had kind of changed you guys' uh, situation, if it has at all? What, what's it like working with with trap in this day and age relative to the the trap that that you come across in uh in two thousand and ten? Uh, the situation now with trap. down for dummies it's like Kanye West has good money mm-hmm. but he signed to Def Jam mm-hmm. yeah it's the same it's the same thing except for the fact that we haven't picked up a second artist Grand Prix has finally stopped rapping <laughs> not stopped rapping but <laughs> finally took a step back right. you know what I'm saying so we can focus on actually being a label Trap actually has a secondary DJ uh, Payday Tay okay. so I can actually focus on building up a, a 100 you know 100 150 mile foundation radius I want to call it home plate for Jacksonville so when it's time to really start filtering people through like we can start filtering people through so that's all I'm really like that's all I'm really doing you know right now just getting that ready to start filtering filtering uh, more artists through the system. So, we, you know, with, with my relationship with Trap is, well, I mean, we roommates. Like, we stay together. Like, okay. you don't run out. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, it's <laughs> like, I mean, we, that was like, we've been staying together the last seven years, so I mean, we're going to always definitely uh, be friends. Um, I'll always be tied into this situation, um, you know, pretty much for life. Um, regardless of something happened with metal music or something happened with SSE, something happened with Jam, regardless, I still be tired here. Um, and um, we just getting ready to make that next step with Def Jam so we can actually 
introduce an artist or two from Jacksonville just to show the people that we not. I'm not. I did not do this shit for trap. Like you know that. Mm-hmm. I ain't sacrificed. As good as a, of an artist that he is, though, I, I sacrificed. Grand Prix sacrificed a lot. Like Grand Prix got two degrees. Yeah, I know. Shit, we gotta be doing this shit. Like you know what I'm saying? Like. Even with me, like, if I just solely focus on being a promoter, like, I would be, I, I would actually just solely rich off of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I don't really want to be a promoter like that. Like, I don't. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that many rich promoters. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be, like, with Ivory, like, you, you, I mean, I love Ivory to death, but, you know, sometimes I'm like, damn, man, a team have to be stuck in Jacksonville, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, I say, I say it all the time. He's, he and I, I said this, and probably I probably am gonna get some pushback from some people who who are still listening to the last podcast I did on the ten greatest mixtapes of all time. I think I had his mixtape at number three all time, and yeah, I regard I regard Ivory as one of the greatest hip hop artists in the history of Jacksonville in the last fifteen to twenty years, and I I I, I compare him to the Andre three thousand effect on a lot of records where. He just gets on people's shit and murders people on their own shit. And he could have been gone a long time ago. And he, he made a decision to be a promoter as opposed to, to pursuing what I felt like is, you know, what God intended, put him on this earth to be. God put Ivory Orr on this earth to be a rapper. And it, and it's unfortunate that he's not, you know, in full time. I, 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 I actually like, I actually begging Ivory to get back in the studio. I mean, I will be there for that project. Honestly, I swear to God. <laughs> honestly, I've learned from, from what the things that I'm learning and the things I've learned just solely this year. And some of the hands on actually shit. Like the music industry is definitely. I know people preach about it all the time, but it's about relationships, right? But now there are newer people getting these jobs that you got to have these relationships with. Right. Granted, yeah, they. Yeah, granted, people are still handing down the relationship, handing them down, dog. But okay, like I was in Miami at an iHeart Radio conference, not with PDs. Mm-hmm. Um, the the youngest PD was like forty something, maybe thirty eight, thirty nine. How 40, how do those people better. know anything about about the music that that the listeners actually listen to? Right, like it blows me away. You know what I'm saying? So it's a system. I don't want to crack the system, but you gotta you gotta you gotta gotta find the youth in the system, the person that's going to be there, you know what I'm saying? Because right now, well, I don't want to go back to what I was saying, but yeah, right now is the time where the, the new people, they can start running shit. Right. Like, look at 106. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, look at Q45. He ain't old. Like, I mean, he's, he, I mean, he's old there, but he's not super old. He ain't, he ain't easy, easy shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no comment on that. So like, <laughs> no, I mean, no, I'm so easy. I'm just saying, like, been in the game a long time. Like, Kimmy's been in the game 25 years, 30 years. Yeah, T-Roy, T-Roy as well has been in the game a long time. He started a little bit earlier, though. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. T-Roy started a little bit. T-Roy younger than a lot of people think. Like, T-Roy not easy age. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, let me start. Uh, easy, I ain't talking about you, Don. Keep playing easy in it. <laughs> no. <Nah, nah. laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's be my neighbor, man. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, he's standing over there on the South Southwest. Yeah, we used to stay there, yeah. Okay. Over there on the South Side, I'm easy, my neighbor. Right. But, um, yeah, man, so back to the back of the music thing, yeah, man, that's, it, it's different now. Um, it's a bigger level. We understand music, and I understand now where people are just, you know, some of the things they're doing is pointless. 
I see why, oh, you gotta have a grand, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. I don't know, man. It's just different now, man. It's just, it's just different now. He, he never had really nothing. Now that he getting to the money, like, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, it's different. I don't have to, I don't have to come up my pocket for shit. Right. Now, before, right. We, before we go, man, because um, I don't want to hold you up any longer, man, I want to thank you for, for all of this game that you put people up on. I think that a lot of people are going to find um, everything that you've talked about here to be today to be tremendously valuable, and I hope that the listeners have gotten a chance to really take this all in. And we've been on Facebook Live this entire time, so we we've got this. It'll be saved on um, on Facebook Live, and we'll get it up on uh, we'll get it up on SoundCloud, and it'll be up on iTunes very soon, man. So I want to thank you right. for taking this time out. But before we before we leave, I kind of ask a similar question to a lot of folks. Uh, Belize didn't want to answer it the way that I asked it yesterday because he said he doesn't think about death. And I said, okay, fine. So if if all of this stuff, the stuff that you have right now ended today, um, how would you want people to remember you and your contributions to the industry? Um... I don't, I don't care how they remember me. Just remember me. I mean, everybody always has their own personal opinion. Um, I don't feel like there's one outlook to have on DJ Pretty Ricky. You know what I'm saying? Um, some people know me a lot of different various ways. Like, you know, me and you never got into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've always been cool. Right. But how many times have you heard about me going off on a yeah. And you probably be like, what? You probably have to say that you probably one of the people that actually take up for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh nah, I mean, but I get what you're saying, but nah, but nah. Well, why you say that? Because you don't understand what people say because you see me from a different light. Right. So I just want people to remember me. You know what I'm saying? I want people to just remember me, like remember me a dancing ass nigga, remember me a shit talker. Just remember, remember anything. Just remember me. I don't really care. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it, like me, love me, remember me. Uh, that's all I ask. Fair enough, man. Well, again, Ricky, I want to thank you for your time, man. Um, for those that want to get in contact with me, you can hit me up on the email at brandonkobejacobs at gmail.com. I am on Instagram at brandonkobejacobs and on Snapchat at bkjest1984. Once again, this is Pretty Ricky, and you are listening to the Established 1984 Podcast. Take care. I am your father.